Welcome to episode 14 of Void Video. I'm your host, Evan Jordan, aka that Evan Jordan on Twitter. And I am Nick, aka Agent Relic on Twitter. <laughs> and today we have a ancient evil versus the incompetent double feature. And I'm, this is a fun one. Whoa, whoa. What was so funny? <laughs> I was stalling. I didn't have it pulled up, the title or what I was going to say. You're incompetent, just like the uh, the people in these movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully the ancient evil that's uh, inside this store doesn't try to get us because we're not going to make it. <laughs> yeah, but today we got uh, two. They're very different. One's sci-fi, one's like a live action role playing like medieval. But yeah, they fit together very well, I think. And they both have like super over the top dialogue. And... They're super cheesy, campy. So if you're into yeah, that sort they're of both like heavily stylized movies, you know. Yeah, and I think they. Uh, yeah, I think uh, for fans of this sort of stuff, like the practical effects too, they both have a lot of, quite a bit of, all of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, most of. I don't. I I think like probably ninety plus percent of Psycho Gorman is practical, but now Knights of Badassum, I'm not sure. I think there's some CG mixed with practical. Yeah, there. they're definitely. But the the but, monster design, them like the monsters themselves. Yeah, all of that's all, practical. Are all practical in both movies. Although, and I like that. I'm a sucker for that kind yeah. of stuff. Psycho Gorman definitely has more of it. Like, there's you know twenty. Yeah, so many monsters. Yeah. <laughs> like I I really love like. Psycho Gorman especially feels like trauma influenced and I'm a big fan of trauma and like I just that juvenile like dumbass humor is just like it's good mindless fun you know and that's what I think both of these are really good mindless fun yeah and they both kind of pick fun at like what they are exactly they kind of like embrace the tropes of the genre and kind of have fun with them you know, yeah. pair them a bit. Anchored by really, really out there and strong performances from uh, Psycho Gorman, the little girl is phenomenal. But she, yes. I also hate her. I despise her. But uh, <laughs> Knights of Badassdom, man. Uh, Ronnie, uh, played by Jimmy Simpson, right? Yes. Jimmy Simpson. I mean, I'm not sure if he was supposed to be the best part of the movie, but he was. Like, he's yeah, just, I love that guy. He I'm completely full sells on the character and is hilarious. Same, and, uh, and I, t- I brought this up to Nick, too. We actually, we watched this movie together before we recorded, and uh, to refresh ourselves, and I, I told him this, that I, I liked Jimmy Simpson a whole lot in Stay Alive, which I don't know how deep of a cut that is. I feel like a lot of people have seen that movie, but... I mean, I'm assuming some people listening are just like, who's Jimmy Simpson? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're on IMDb looking at, looking at a picture right now. As soon as you see his face, you'll know him, I promise. <laughs> He was in uh, the world and stuff. He's in like the last 30 seconds of Zodiac, too, which we tried to do an episode on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we and can. Uh... Go ahead. The little girl, uh, she is her first thing. That's it. This is her first thing. That is crazy. Is that it? She... Wow. She commands. Man, she carries thing. it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's, she's so great. I absolutely hate her. And, you know, I wish her nothing but the worst for being <laughs> such a despicable. You were Psycho Gorman could have bathed in her blood, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but, man, she uh, really uh, nailed the She's She's a dick in this movie, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, she's a total she, dick. I mean, and she's so extra and, like, it, it works. I, uh, we'll go into, we'll go into a Psycho Gorman here with this. 
because I, I want to talk about her. Like she's like the way they, they write her character too, I think is like, I like the writing because like I was telling Nick all these, like think of like E.T. and like, or any kind of even horror movies where there's a kid, like they're always super pure and wholesome. Usually ex- exceptions, maybe like children of the corn or something, you know, but like usually the kids are like super wholesome and not, but like that girl's a dick, you know? She's she's so mean to everyone around her, <laughs> the both both physically and uh, verbally. <laughs> Who's the real monster? Her or Psycho Gorm? Yeah, and I think that's a that's a thematic <laughs> man. Is that they're just as evil as one another? That's how. That's why it works. You know. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess uh, we should uh, intro the movie. Uh, Psycho Gorman is a 2020 movie that is coming to Shutter on May 20th. Yes, May so, 20th. Uh, keep your eyes peeled for that yeah you know we love shutter here at void video yes and uh it's directed by um steven kostansky yes steven kostansky i like this guy who also wrote it and he is um he was a co-director of the void which is excellent as well if you haven't seen that great movie's awesome great uh lovecraftian horror film a deep cut that i like of his that's honestly probably the closest thing he's made to this it's very much like this kind of like cheesy like grindhouse action it's called manborg and uh manborg yeah it's very much in this same vein like the trauma kind of esque didn't you say that there's a there's a reference to it in this in psycho gorman right yeah uh so there's a scene in psycho gorman where psycho gorman transforms this cop he shows him a a mental he puts his hand on his head and shows him like a mental glimpse into the abyss and it like melts the cop's face and like turns him into this like zombie cop kind of and it's a reference to his 2012 short film called biocop which i believe you can find that online to watch for free and i've seen it it's it's only a few minutes long and it's 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 hilarious if you like the cop in this go watch that because it's the same exact thing and this is kind of like how he gave him an an origin story. Hmm. And I, he did do, uh, uh, a Leprechaun movie, Leprechaun Returns. I haven't seen that. I've got a Blu-ray on the way right now. And I'm excited to check that out. Cause this guy is a practical effects wizard. I mean, like I love the way this guy does practical effects. And I think probably the Leprechaun will be more in the vein of the void. Cause it'll be more, more horror. Although Leprechaun is a little like goofy, but I think, I'll get to see some sick, like, horror gore and everything. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, so Psycho Gorman, uh, the movie opens, and it's uh, two siblings, a one girl and one boy. They're, like, uh, around 10, I'd say. Yeah, they're probably, like, 10. Yeah, but uh, they're playing a game. I forgot. They're playing, like, a game Crazy Ball that they made up. It's some weird... The girl makes up all these games. Mimi is her name. She makes up all these games. (laughs) And the... The uh the prize I guess is right. The other one gets buried alive. <laughs> the loser, yeah, gets yeah the loser alive. gets buried alive. <laughs> and she like so, forces Luke to play these games. Her brother, he he wants no part of it, but she makes him. <laughs> yeah, so Luke ends up losing, and you know he's digging his own grave, and she's like being snobby the whole time, like that he's doing it, like oh hurry up, hurry up, I want to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, but they uh, end up unearthing this stone that uh. What's it called? It's called like the oh man, it has a name. It's like this ancient gem. It is a badass name. Really dropped the the ball or the stone rather. At uh, not remembering the name, but it's this like ancient crystal or this ancient gem, you know. And it like 
they f they find out controls this evil monster, this ancient alien overlord. And do they? I'm trying to think. They don't actually they don't actually know it does that though until the second day because they find it and then just go to bed, right? Their mom yeah, calls them inside. Yeah. So and while they're sleeping, oh, oh yeah, this was pretty funny too. Um, so before they go to bed, they're like they're asking their parents uh, about our monsters real and uh <laughs> the little boy asks and the dad goes <laughs> um well well son i think humans could be the real monsters or something like that and i'm just like what, what is yeah the mom's like here? what your dad means is that no <laughs> monsters aren't real <laughs> yeah, he, he was like he was like well humans <laughs> yeah humans are the real monsters so i'd say yeah <laughs> the mom is just like not happening <laughs> what the heck he's talking about but yeah that sounds that sounds like some shit that will go down in my house because i'd be not thinking about it i'd be trying to like instill some kind of weird deep lesson and jess would be like don't tell him that shit <laughs> no offense to to uh the actors or actresses but these parents are awful like i mean Terrible, they're terrible. <laughs> yeah, they're bad they're bad parents and that's in the writing too they're just bad fucking parents like the <laughs> the dad is especially so disconnected doesn't give a single fuck about anything like it while all this is going on they're just arguing about petty bullshit <laughs> yeah like, wow their their kids are being running around with a fucking giant monster you know <laughs> yeah there's the, the the next day when the parents find the hole in the yard they're like more mad about having to fill it up than like asking the kids how the hell a super deep hole got there and like you know and like <laughs> why it looks all burned and charred inside and stuff you know like from the stone and stuff like it they had they just have no concern over the serious like aspects of the situation they just care about shit it's gonna be hard work to fill this up <laughs> yeah yeah but uh so while they're sleeping uh a monster emerges from the hole and he ends up going to an old shoe factory and killing the people inside of it. And uh, <laughs> the kids end up finding him there, and he introduces himself as the Archduke of Nightmares, who is a deadly warrior imprisoned on Earth after attempting to destroy the galaxy in a rampage. <laughs> and there's, like, a, a lot of backstory to uh, uh, Psycho Gorman. Yeah, I like that. There's a lot of lore to it. Like, I feel like they could do something else inside this, you know, universe yeah. or whatever. Like, of, of him going back, maybe, or whatever. Yeah, there's some flashback sequences, and his planet looks cool and stuff. I really like how that stuff was shot, and, you know, there's a lot of other monsters there. There's, like, a... What, what would you call them? They're, like, the Templars, I guess, is what yeah, they're the, called? Yeah, the Templars is what they call them. They're, like, these um ancient like, alien race or whatever. Yeah, and there's, like, a dozen of them. They sit around a table and just, like... They look everything. like, isn't it a Power Rangers character that has the wings like that? They look like that Power Ranger character with those wings. Well, not yeah, all I can't of them remember like that. Those other oh, well, I think, things that sit around the table. They're like yeah, the, monsters. they're not Templars, though, I don't think. They're oh, just like okay. the council. The Templars all look like that. And because oh, okay. there's this one scene where you see like a bunch of them, like security guards walking around and they all look like that. That's the Templars. And then like those other people, the other, there's all these weird ass aliens that are like all different and like crazy designs and stuff i love how they look but it's like those are just the council the high council or whatever of the planet but the templars run shit you know yeah. the power ranger looking people i like that we're calling them the, or i've calling them the power ranger looking people but that's what they remind me of 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the so uh, Mimi and Luke find Psycho Gorman in the, the factory and they end up finding out that the gem that they found uh controls him. So whoever holds the gem, uh the uh Psycho Gorman has to bend it there very well. I mean I guess that's the movie. Yeah, and of course in the hands of a little shithead like Mimi, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they're gonna do some shit. <laughs> And they're yeah, like, and this is where they name him, right? Yeah. And this, there's this whole back and forth. Like, they come up with all these names and stuff for him before landing on Psycho Gorman. And, and the monster, he, he talks. And he, his delivery reminds me a lot of Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. He, like, doesn't get any sort of humor. So, like, everything's just straight into the Yeah, point. he's very dry. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, because the kids are like... What do we name him? Psycho Gorman. And uh, he goes, what? You can't be serious about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's no way that's better than Archduke of Nightmares. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then she, like, tries to tell him a knock-knock joke. And he's, like, saying that he's going to, like, kill her or something like that. Yeah. And uh, Luke goes, you're supposed to say who's there. <laughs> yeah, he's like, she's like, knock-knock. And he was like, I will bathe in your blood. <laughs> <laughs> and the kid's like, you're supposed to say who's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like... I love the yeah. dynamic, the back and forth between the kids and, and PG. That's the best part, I think, of the whole movie. Yeah. And, uh... So they leave him there. <laughs> it's funny. She, like, commands him to go sit down on a chair and uh, while they go to bed and that they'll come back tomorrow. And Psycho Gorman is like hesitant but he i mean he has to do it but right he's like he's like i can't be sitting or i don't he's like mad that he has to sit there all night right essentially because like he knows he can't move <laughs> and uh they they both just leave and mimi goes bye <laughs> and just oh she says bye and holds it for like 30 seconds too it's like bye <laughs> yeah on the way out <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's walking out it's still holding it <laughs> yeah and they they like the, oh well, this is when you see the you see the council again, right? And you see that Pandora, like the head Templar, is like, I'm not having this shit, and I'm going to Earth to get like yeah, a woman. She, she kills somebody and like break I don't know his like heart in front of the council, and then like spreads the blood all over her face. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I mean, what the heck is going on there? They, like, transported somebody from Earth, and that's how she assumed the appearance of her. It was a weird, like, way to do it, but that's how they did it. And, like, that's what she went to Earth. That was how she got her, like, disguise as a human, was from doing that, eating that meat cube she made out of this woman. <laughs> it was super weird. And, like, everything in this movie is super weird, kind of, but I'm here for it. Yeah. So the next day, they... <laughs> they bring their friend back with them to meet PG. Yeah, and uh, Mimi has a bit of a crush on uh, their friend, whose name is yeah. Alist Alistair. Yeah, Alistair. Yeah. And Mimi has a bit of a crush on him. But <laughs> that doesn't stop her from having Psycho Gorman have him turned into a giant brain because he just... So they introduce him to Psycho Gorman and uh, Alistair's like what the heck is going on? And he just, like, wants to leave, I guess. And Mimi's like, yeah. no, you have to stay here and play with me. So she makes Psycho Gorman turn him into a giant brain, so he has to stay there and play with her. 
<laughs> well, first they the, the first day they're there, they leave because I remember this because my, my favorite line of the whole movie is <laughs> whenever the kids walking out, Alistair's walking out with them because they go to school and it's when they come back after school that he turns them into the thing. And uh, but when they're walking out, Alistair goes, uh, it was nice meeting you, Mr. Gorman. <laughs> Psycho Gorman goes, it would be nicer if you were dead. <laughs> and the kid's like, okay, uh, bye. <laughs> and walks out. And it's like the deadpan delivery of PG is just so on point. It's, yeah, it's funny um, as hell. I guess we should shout out who voiced him. Uh, so the performance capture was done by Matthew Dinabar, Dinabar. Okay. And the voice was done by Stephen Vlahos. So uh, yeah, that's who you could think. Fantastic for job. Yeah, great delivery. <laughs> oh, but this is where he tells him his history too. Before they leave, and he says that funny line. He, this he tells him like the, how he was a slave and, and freed himself because he accidentally found the stone and dug it up, and then and he assembled an army and overthrew the Templars or whatever. Yeah, and they they somehow got him back and stole the gym and like locked him away for like forever, you know. And well, they thought they did until the kids dug up the gym in their backyard. <laughs> this was kind of funny too. When they come the second day, they bring him a TV. <laughs> it's yeah. like one of those big old '90s TVs. Like it's not a flat screen or anything. And right. Mimi makes Luke carry it throughout this like forest. And Luke's like, "Hey, can you help me?" She's like, "Uh, no." <laughs> <laughs> she just uses her brother to do her bidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they take him the TV, though, and he ends up, after they leave, he uses the TV, like, with some kind of alien magic. He uses the TV to uh, call for help from his, like, army. his council, what, yeah. Yeah, his, whatever's left of his army. Yeah, and so they're, they're like, okay, we're on the way, we're coming, you know? And uh, then the kids come back after school, and they bring him something to eat, some food, and then he, doesn't he, like, devour the whole thing in, like, one bite? Like, he just grabs it, starts shoving it into his mouth, and it's, he's so filthy when he eats. <laughs> I, they, they also bring him the magazines at this point, and it's like a, oh, yeah. a, a hunky boy magazine, and a, uh, Psycho Gorman goes like, uh, I don't like hunky boys. <laughs> or do I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks at it again, and he's like, oh, maybe I do. <laughs> then he's like, or do I? <laughs> Yeah, it's like a shirtless dude in, like, jeans or something like that. <laughs> like, what the heck is going on in this movie? Yeah, and then, um, uh, they, Alistair goes to their house for dinner. So maybe they, yeah, they, I don't think they, they do turn him into it till the next day, because he goes home with them first. And oh, yeah, they, he that's when they over, do right? it. Yeah, he that's sleeps when they over. Do it. Yeah. And then, yeah, because remember, he sleeps over, and then, uh, Luke and Alistair go play video games without her. That's right. And she, yeah. she's bored, and she calls Psycho Gorman to their house. Yes, um, to the backyard. Yeah, to the backyard. <laughs> so, now, so now the monster is, like, right next to everybody. In a residential neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the parents are right there and all that. But uh, this is when Alistair wants to leave, because they're like, hey, you shouldn't have brought him here. You should have left him in the factory where no one would have seen him. And <laughs> this is when he gets turned into a, a brain and yeah, like a giant brain with tentacles <laughs> yeah and this is where the parents also find out about psycho gorman so yeah and they're they, this is the one issue that i didn't really think about until you pointed it out but the parents are very like they don't give a fuck at all yeah 
they're like scared at first they're gonna call the cops and the dad's like what are the cops gonna do to this guy <laughs> and so then they're like all right well i guess it's fine and they just kind of don't care that their kids just playing with an ancient alien you know after that yeah and and i'll say that's a criticism i'd have of both of these movies is that see i don't even know if you, you could call it a criticism I, I don't know it's just like a complaint i have i guess is that neither of them take the gravity of the situation seriously enough yeah like people are dying in both movies and they're just like they no one cares yeah i think i didn't i didn't mind it or notice it as much in pg because it just is so zany and shit anyway and felt like i didn't know if it was intentional or not but like i i just i did i noticed it more in nice about ass and then you pointed it out to me about pg and i'm like yeah it kind of does do the same thing yeah, I was sad. I wouldn't even think it's a bad, like, not a bad thing, I guess. Yeah. It's just like a, it's it's odd. Like, yeah. people are dying and nobody cares. <laughs> and they're very nonchalant, having never seen anybody die before. <laughs> yeah. They just move on with their lives. <laughs> the parents of this kid. If my kid came home from playing at their friend's house and they were a fucking brain with tentacles and they were speaking to me, but after I got done passing out and probably being hospitalized, I'd definitely go to those people's house and be like, yo, what the fuck? Did what you do to my kid? Did you do to my kid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what kind of black magic shit are you guys running over here? Like turning my kid into a fucking tentacle brain? He looks like Cthulhu, man. Undo it. Yeah. I'm just, uh, how much farther do you want to go with this? I guess they. Well, I think you go to uh, the the police officer and stuff. Okay. So uh, what's after the they turn him into a brain and then they go to school the next day, right? Or, or they're yeah, playing crazy kinda, ball? There's, there's like a montage kind of after that because that's where he's in the band and stuff with them. And it's showing like all the stuff they're doing, right? Because oh. the parents are kind of cool with them and stuff. So it shows them like he's hanging out at the house and like playing in a band with them. They're, they sing this. The girl Mimi has this thing where she says freak instead of fuck because she's a kid. So she she says like "freak you" and they do this whole musical number throughout this montage of their band playing this song called "freak you" and she's like the lead in it. Psycho Gorman's on the drums, and it's pretty funny seeing that whole thing. And in the uh, in the Blu-ray, I watched the making of, and, and Stephen Kostansky said that that's the first scene that he envisioned that allowed him to to figure out what he wanted this movie to be. Like that was the the band scene of of Psycho Gorman playing music with the kids. Is where he started from and worked this whole story out of, but it definitely is like it fits the vibe. Like it's that's the vibe encapsulated in a scene, you know. But yeah, after that, then that's when uh, they they're going through the woods and stuff, right? And she's explaining the many uses of the f word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's telling him how no, to say no, because when they're walking through, they have the cop. Oh yeah, they're so they're in the parking lot still playing crazy ball with with the mutated brain version of their friend, and then the the cops come up, and the, after that they go to the woods. Well, during during the cops coming up, that's where the reference to BioCop is that we were, we mentioned before. Yeah, and essentially the cops are they they unload bullets into uh, Psycho Gorman. Nothing <laughs> nothing happens. He ends up turning one of them into a zombie. <laughs> yeah, by just sticking Maybe. his hand on his head. Making him his slave, essentially. So now Psycho Gorman has a pet as well, on top yeah. of Mimi having a pet. <laughs> yeah, it's her pet's pet. <laughs> yeah. So there's like a whole chain of pets. Well, I guess uh, Alistair is kind of their pet, too. <laughs> yeah, so it's like their little gang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they like... got all kinds of pets. 
They're real fucked up Cabbage Patch kids. <laughs> I just like how Luke is like stuck in the middle of all of this. At one point, Mimi is mad at Luke, and she just like nonchalantly tells Psycho Gorman to kill Luke. Yeah, and he grabs and, him and just picking him up. <laughs> yeah, and he's like choking him to death, and Mimi's like, stop, just kidding. <laughs> like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> Literally, when they find Psycho Gorman and find out that she controls him, the first thing she has Psycho Gorman do is pick up Luke and spin him around in a circle. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all game to her, man. That's <laughs> Well, they get the cop, though, once he turns him into... This is funny. Whenever he turns him into the bio cop, then he tells the other cop, you go tell your measly little fellow officers. I forget how he says it. It's super funny, the wording he uses. And uh, basically tells him to fuck off and I'll let you live, you know? Go tell everybody that what happened. Yeah, go warn them of my presence. And yeah. uh, he, he gets back in the cop car and he realizes he didn't drive. So the keys are on his zombie, zombified... Uh, partner i guess ex-partner yeah ex-partner so at like, this point yeah <laughs> he's like yelling to him like hey give me the keys give me the keys and like obviously he can't so he just gets <laughs> right. out and in sprints full-on <laughs> sprints out of there it's and this is one of those slapstick moments where it's like super trauma vibe like this is like the, the kind of humor that they have is like it harkens back and reminded me of like something straight out of toxic avenger you know yeah and so they, that's when they start, they go on the walk through the woods after they, they play crazy ball and stuff and, and have the, the confrontation with the police. And the whole time, Biocop is like, he's aware he's, still. He's a zombie, but like inside, the, the guy is still in there somewhere. He's and trying he, to essentially get them to kill him. So he like passes a note to Mimi that says, uh, please kill me. He like tries to shoot himself and can't. Yeah, he's walking around like moaning, oh, and like firing his gun off and stuff, trying to hit himself, and he can't. And it's like so morbid and dark, but it's so funny. Yeah, and they end up meeting up with uh, the Paladins of the Obsidian, uh, which is Psycho Gorman's army. And he asks them for help in getting the stone away from the little girl. And they're pretty much like, no, nah, I mean, we're fine without you. It's been better without you. Yeah, they've kind of been on vacation, I think, since. PG's been gone. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I guess that's where we stop. Yeah, I think I think that's that's where we cut it off because like after but, that's where the end of the movie happens. Yeah, well, it leads to the end. But yeah, essentially, so the Templar is going to stop Psycho Gorman, which leads to the fun, like the clash at the end, right? I guess. And there's some Between. still some fun twists we haven't mentioned too. There's some stuff that happens in this last thirty minutes that you probably won't see coming. It's kind of funny, yeah. and I don't want to ruin it, you know. But it's it's definitely I I recommend this because like it's it's so weird and it's like it works. It's charming. It's charmingly weird. Let's put that on the on the box, man. Put that on the box. It's charmingly weird. Void video. Charming. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is right up my alley, though. I I can't say that everybody would like this because they won't. <laughs> like yeah, I, I'm I'm fifty fifty on it. I liked a things it did and then i didn't like things it did i don't think the humor always said it. it's very juvenile yeah bit, which yeah and i like that it worked for me but if you're if you're not into that it's you're not gonna like like it that much because there's is no that. reason to ever care about anything that's going on i, I guess that's essentially my issue like there's no character to latch on to yeah super slapstick like, you know, like, yeah and like they don't treat anything seriously whatsoever it's like yeah 
don't know. It just it's kind of a merging of it's like they merged a bunch of uh different eighties movies into one sort of. It's got the E. T. It's got the you know the like the like sci fi horror movies from the eighties with the it's it's like a combination of all that like nostalgia. Yeah. Definitely has a lot of Power Rangers in it. Yeah, Power Rangers. Totally. The special effects remind me of Power Rangers if it was super gory, you know? Yeah. And also, side note, why does that not exist? And if it does, send it to me. DM me with the name of it, because I'm so here for gory Power Rangers. (laughs) But yeah, I love this. I think it is fantastic. But like I said, I'm super into this kind of stuff, and I'm... Like, at this point, I'll watch anything Steven Kostansky does. Like, I'm a fan of this guy. After Manborg, The Void, and now this, and I've got Leprechaun coming, I'm excited for anything else this guy does. Yeah. Definitely an interesting director who uh, has a unique style. uh, Really creative. Definitely. Definitely. He's doing stuff that, like, not a lot of people are doing. And I like that out-of-the-box kind of approach he has. Yeah, I'll just, I mean, is there anything else you want to say about Psycho Gorman before we move on? No, I don't to the think so. That, this kind of, yeah, we go on into the second half here. This movie's very similar in a lot of ways, and also very different in a lot of ways, though, to our second feature. Yeah, so the second half of the double feature is Knights of Badassdom, which is a 2013 movie by Joe Lynch, who actually kind of disowned this movie and doesn't. I yeah, mean, weirdly. I mean, I get it, kind of, but, like, this is fun. You know? Yeah. Yeah, he disowned it, said uh it was butchered in editing and he didn't like the way it was edited or the effects. He said that I think he said that it, it took a lot of the horror away and just made it a straight up comedy, which Yeah, because somebody there was some kind of story, I don't have all the details. He obviously he has the inside perspective, so that's probably why he's frustrated by it and we're not, because it was probably his vision got a little mucked up in this process, you know? But um it uh he kind of like it got passed on to some sort of third party that edited it and he was not happy with the job they did at all yeah. and i think he kind of like it's just i don't know i get it as a creator you 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 see what it could have been you know versus everybody else sees what it is yeah so he has a different relation to it than we but i i think it's a a fun little movie you know, I'm not as hot on it as I was Psycho Gorman, and I, th- I think we're flipped, honestly, because I think you're hotter on this one than I am. And it's, but I like it. You know, I think it's a, I think it's a good little movie, and it's fun. There's good performances, and there's good writing. I think we're probably about the same on Night Up at Aston, to be honest with you. Are we? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a fucking five out of five masterpiece. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Nights of Bad Aston was written by uh, Kevin Dreyfus and Matt Wall, and this is the only thing they've ever written, which is that's impressive to me. Yeah, because like the writing in this is really good, especially in the first half, like when it's just straight up comedy and yeah, the characterization in the beginning is funny and and good and doesn't waste your time. You know, it tells you what you need to know, but doesn't waste its time on extraneous garbage like a lot of times in in comedies they feel. It gets right to the point. The movie opens with a group of LARPers, which are live action role playing uh people and they are <laughs> attacked by a group of paintballers and i guess that's like the feud is like redneck paintballers against larpers <laughs> yeah 
They're in their neck of the woods and they think that, that shit's weird and they're not about it. So they want them out of their neck of the woods. Typical dumbass rednecks. Trust me, I live in the South. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then the movie cuts to uh, Joe Revit and he is a rock star, I guess. Like he has a rock band, makes music. Yeah. Yeah, called Doom Doom Mouth or Doom Slit Doom something. Really badass super metal name. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he just got dumped by his girlfriend, and he his, I'm not sure how he's related to them. Are he just he's just their them? friend? Yeah, one of their friends Which, is like one a million dollars or inherited some money or something, and has a giant mansion, and he just lives there and kind of gets gets fucked up and doesn't do much with his life. <laughs> Yeah, and that's uh, why his girlfriend took issue with the money. Yeah, so uh, Eric and Hung, are, who are his friends, uh, convince or try to convince him to uh, go to the LARP event with them to cheer him up. And uh, I guess of note, uh, Hung is played by Peter Dinklage. Yeah, so I mean, who does second. great? Which yeah, I mean, he's when does he phenomenal. not? Yeah, <laughs> he's a master of any like you could put him in any role. Guy's a master any of his type craft of for sure. Yeah. You know those memes that are like blank always understands the assignment. Yeah, yeah we need to make Peter Dinklage always understands the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> and his his other friend, I think, is noteworthy. Steve Zahn. Yeah, definitely. And um, I, I like him. He's in a lot of like he's not like one of these actors who's who's in Oscar winning pictures, but the dude's in some funny ass movies, and he's always likable. You know. Yeah, he's super charismatic, and uh, I've liked him in pretty much everything I've seen him in. Yeah, absolutely. And they basically, they kind of, I, I wouldn't even say they take him to to this LARPing. They drag his ass to this LARPing because well, no, he does so not want to do it. Well, remember, they're smoking, and then he passes oh, that's out, right. and he just wakes up in the back of the van in the parking lot of the LARP event. <laughs> yeah, they hit this, like, foot-tall bong, and he wakes up at the LARPing event. And he's looking for the keys immediately. He does not want to be there. <laughs> And they're like, this is going to get you out of your funk. You know, this is going to get you like back, you know, like reinvigorated, ready to take on life again. You're going to have fun with your boys. Yeah. And uh, so the the event is helmed by um, Ronnie, who is played by a uh, man. Why can't I think of his name? And I just said it. Uh, oh, Jimmy. Jimmy, J- Jimmy Simpson. Jimmy Simpson. Yeah, we just yes. praised him, and then we can't remember his name, and it's not a good look. <laughs> just like reading so many names on this list right now, and I'm like, what is his name? Uh, yeah, but Jimmy Simpson, he's phenomenal, and but he's like the game master, I guess you'd say. Yeah, and, he uh, narrates it all as it's happening. Yeah, and he is absolutely phenomenal in this movie, and he's super over the top into the role playing. Like he he's the guy that goes to the role playing and like takes it too seriously. You know, well, and this and movie like, taught me about, I didn't realize that LARPing was, and even from like the other, the other LARPing comedy that we brought up during this is role models. That's the easy comparison for the LARPing thing. Yeah. Even in that, I didn't learn that LARPing is essentially D&D with real people because it's there. The game master is exactly what the game master is in or what the dungeon master is in, in Dungeons and Dragons. Like they... Yeah. curate the experience they tell you what enemies show up they narrate it they like give you the story as you're playing which is super cool and i did this so this movie taught me something about about larping that i didn't know because i didn't know it worked like that i had no idea that how they structured larping prior to watching yeah. it so like and like so they go to him to uh like try to add um joe to their team and he's like you 
what did he say he had to do? He had to like commit some, do some sort of spell to be able yeah. to add him to his team. And yeah, they had to go do a ritual to add him yeah. to the team. Um, but uh, so he draws a yeah. pentagram on the ground <laughs> and has him sit in the middle of it. Yeah. After, don't they? T- they take mushrooms before they do this. Well, <laughs> I think just hung does right. Oh, I thought he, I did he not give them to anybody bag. else. I thought. Oh, it was okay, because he eats the whole bag, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, trying to think, he, they draw the circle. I think after that, and do this the ritual. And Steve Zahn is dressed up as a wizard, and he's like got this ancient book that does it say how how he got it? I mean, he bought it on the internet. He says, but do you see an origin for the book, or is it, it just kind of shows up? Doesn't it? No, that's the one thing I would say that this movie does flipped of Psycho Gorman is that I think I like the humor and the content of this one better. But I liked, the, I missed the backstory from Psycho Gorman. Like, Psycho Gorman did a great job with the backstory and doing all these crazy, outlandish, you know, sort of. Yeah, providing the setup. Yeah. Yeah, the world building. Whereas Knight's a badass, I'm straight to the point. The thing just happens. And yeah, Psycho Gorman had like a whole lore, you know, with it. Yeah. Yeah. So they end up uh, summoning a demon, like a. A yeah, succubus. A, a succubus, yes. Yeah. Which looks like Beth. Uh, yeah, his ex-girlfriend, the one he just broke up with. <laughs> yeah, I was curious about this, too. This movie's been 2013, and um, Role Models, the other LARPing movie. I mean, I can't even think of another LARPing movie. I'm sure yeah, there is some. There probably but, are. Uh, Beth. Like, I mean, obviously, in Role Models, it's a reference to Kiss, because the whole movie's filled with Kiss homages. But I was curious if in this, it was written as a homage to, homage to that. Role Models. Role model, because that's weird that two LARPing movies and they both have both Beth have, as the yeah. ex girlfriend. Like, yeah, that the that's got to be an homage. Trying to win the writers back. did because like, they probably liked role models if they wrote this movie, you know. Yeah, so that could have been a nod to that for sure. And I, one thing I, I before I forget to mention it that I want to bring up, and this goes for both of these movies, the the score in these movies are sick. Like both movies have a sick score. Psycho Gorman's is like an eighties synth. Pop masterpiece. Metal. Yeah, it also metal. has metal in it too. Yeah, I was actually gonna bring that up with the metal in this because there's metal music. So this uh, Knights of Bad Astem actually has a really interesting approach to the score because when the demon, when it's something to do with the demons, it's like metal. But then yeah. when they're just walking around, it's like medieval, like stuff you yeah, do like, like fantasy music. Yeah, like or Renaissance fair. Or yeah, anything like that, and like. It's a, and there's kind of a even when there's metal, it's a nice like it sounds like a cool medieval type metal. Like it goes with it. It really fits, I think. Yeah. It did a good job. I don't know who did the score for that, but fantastic job. And and Psycho Gorman, cool ass soundtrack too. It's both of these. Yeah. So after they get the they they bring the succubus in and they kind of all like this is another point where they don't the dude does actual fucking magic like dust flies back and like and they kind of like stop and don't realize what happens and then the dude's trying to tell him joe is like yo I, I just saw some stuff you know like i saw beth like i saw faces and stuff he doesn't say beth then he says faces and that's when he accuses hung of like slipping in some slipping in some mushrooms but they kind of just go on about their quest after that until the monsters attack them. The, well, the I say monsters. They're monsters with quotes around them because they're part of the LARP, right? Yeah. 
Well, I guess we, we we forgot to mention this too. The only reason Joe agrees to uh, accompany them on this and be added to the team and participate is there's a girl there, and she is accompanying her cousin Gunther, who is oh yeah, accor- according to her, always in character. He's like another one of those takes it yeah. way too seriously. But uh, she is played by Summer Summer Clow, who is uh, River from Serenity, Firefly. Yeah. Very well yeah. known, and yeah, he's kind of Gunther's like the the alpha male though, like that takes it serious. And and Jimmy's character Robbie is like the more. What do you call the What do you call the medieval people who played the instrument and came around and danced and told stories? What do you call those people? Bard. Bards. Bards. Yeah, he's like a bard, and and uh, Gunther is like a warrior. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, Summer Glau plays Gwen, uh, and she. Is like the only reason Joe agrees to go because he's like, who is that? Like he just kind of wants to play along for that. Yeah. And she is at the ritual as well, right? Yeah, she is. She's part of that as group. Is, uh, Daniel Pewdie's character, who is um, that's Abid from Community for all you yeah. Community watchers. Um, but they're there at the ritual too, and they well they go well they walk out, and that's when the the fake monsters attack them. And they fight them. Yeah, and d- yeah, yeah. During this like fight with these fake monsters, it keeps cutting to one of the fake monsters is lost. One of the actors who's playing the fake monster <laughs> is lost. That was funny too. So at the beginning, the the actor is talking to uh, um, Rob Ronnie about like the job or whatever. And I, yeah. I'm assuming he was like hired to do this, but he's like, I'm too like I'm too good of an actor to be doing this. Essentially, yeah. he's like begrudgingly participating as this monkey suit like yeah he walks monster. off with the costume and goes we can improv up my ass <laughs> <laughs> and he's all upset about it well this same guy is in the woods and he's lost he he lost the group of the other like monkey monster things and like he's got his mask off and he's walking around well he sees beth he sees that he doesn't know it's a demon at the time but he sees this the succubus you know and he approaches her he's like what's going on i'm lost you know and and she basically comes up to him and puts him against a tree, and he thinks sexy time is about to happen, and then she rips his jaw completely off of his face. Yeah. <laughs> basically in that order. <laughs> and uh, there's uh, this is one of the shots, I think, that you could see Joel Lynch was talking about. Like, There's a couple times where you see practical effects, and it's almost like they there was going to be CGI with it, you know? and they didn't. I don't know if it was a budget thing, if it was a time thing, if it was an editing thing, or what, how that happened. But I, I yeah, noticed this, a couple of times where, what he's talking about. Yeah, this feels very low. Both the movies, they feel yeah. very low budget. Although For I'm sure. sure Psycho Gorman had a higher budget because there's so many more. Yeah, exactly. Because, so like, Knights of Badassdom only has a couple, like, practical effects monsters. Whereas yeah. Psycho Gorman has, like, 20. Yeah, all those, <laughs> all those uh, synthetic, like, or whatever they call it, like, the prop bodies were probably expensive. And yeah. I, some of those looked like animatronics in Psycho Gorman. I think they were so, like the little dude with the brain in the in the dome, the little robot guy with the brain in the dome. He looked like yeah. they had a remote control or something and like turned that guy around. That was really cool. Yeah. So um, essentially, I mean, I don't really know if we want to go any further with Knights of Badassdom's plot because that's, I mean, that's the gist of it. Like they they summon a demon and now they have to. Uh, yeah, they well they, I I don't think we say, like the people in the group get killed. I don't think we say who it is, but 
I, can we say that much? You think? Yeah, because I they mean, they they find dead bodies people, and that's how well, they yeah, know something. So, so the demon gets summoned and people start dying, right? Right. Yeah. And exactly. Like, like they're the only ones that know about it because it's super late at night. Everyone else is sleeping, getting ready for the big battle in the morning, uh, the Battle of Evermore, which is a reference to uh, a Led Zeppelin yeah, Le- song. Led Zeppelin. That's cool. I I knew when we were watching it, I recognized that that word Evermore, but I was thinking it was a video game thing. I never would have thought it was a Led Zeppelin thing. <laughs> Yeah, there's a few, uh, they reference, like, the Temples of Syrinx, uh, it's like a location, I guess, in the LARP map, um, yeah, that's a, that's a song, uh, oh, it's a reference it? to the song, so- no, no, it's a reference to the song 2112 by Rush. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I saw a Russian concert, have I ever talked about that on this podcast? I mean, I don't think we've ever talked about Rush, period, so. Yeah, I, I love Rush, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, like... I'm not an expert on prog rock or anything, but like I fuck with Rush, and like I saw him at Red Rocks in Denver, best concert I've ever been to. But they played that that song. Yeah, of course they did. Uh, wasn't that their most well known? <laughs> it's it's one. Well, Tom Sawyer's probably the most yeah, well known. Yeah. Uh, but it's up there for sure. But yeah, yeah but, uh, it's weird side note. I love Rush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, so people start dying and. I guess it's about that. It's about them like alerting the rest of the LARPers and trying to get everyone safely out of there and get rid of the demon. Yeah. And it's it's very much in line with Psycho Gorman, I think, as far as tone. Like it's doesn't take itself seriously. It knows it's campy and it embraces it. Yeah, and we both said this while watching that there's characters dying and like these people just move on. There's not a tear, and like this is their be- like yeah good friends. <laughs> like it's their good friends dying in front of them, and they're just like okay. I mean like yeah, they're like we gotta fight, we gotta do this and that, <laughs> and like, like cracking jokes and shit. To fight. You got a foam sword and like a they got like foam like he's throwing apples like, yeah to to do the spells. spells. Like, he's, he's like he's like lightning bolt and throws an apple. So like <laughs> it's if so he great. Misses, yeah, if he misses the throw, like he like the LARP game, like he doesn't hit the the spell. Right. So he's like throwing apples, but like yeah, like people are dying and they're like, I guess just moving on, like too yeah, quickly. Kind of like the parents in in Psycho Gorman. That's what yeah. Nick Nick told, brought that up, and I didn't even really think about it in Psycho Gorman. And like I said, I think it's the the tone. It, I missed it in Psycho Gorman because I was just like I, I figured I don't know maybe it was intentional or I just didn't you even you were blinded it. by the. Uh... Yeah, trollmanus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> by by it. how sick this was, and like this guy is like, like making a, a modern day trauma masterpiece, you know? <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So I mean, they both have that issue. Um, but I think also, they're also both fun. Uh, Brian Posine is uh Knights of Bad Aston for just a moment, and he's he's funny. Yeah. I like that guy. Shout out to him. Yeah, there's there's a few other. Nice little cameos. And uh, Peter Dinklage is phenomenal as well. And he his use of the word fuck in a few occasions is hilarious. Uh, at yeah. one point he's <laughs> at one point he says, Fuck you and the mustache you rode in on as <laughs> he's like beating the <laughs> shit out of a guy. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite is when was it him that said fucketh you? He yeah, says yeah, fucketh you to somebody, and I was I liked how they medievalized yeah, he, fuck. He, <laughs> yeah, he actually said fucketh you very much. And he yeah, said fucketh it, like, very you very po- much. Like That's he it. tried to be polite, but also medieval like cursing. <laughs> yeah, I liked that. That was a cool like they medievalized the curse words. Yeah, a lot of the characters too, especially like uh Ronnie, he's like they talk in that old 
English style with like yeah, they go hard in character. Yeah, into that like ye old English, I guess is what you call it. <laughs> and that like too made me like think about like D and D because like I used to play D and D and and this other similar game called Metascape in high school, and it's like some people get super into the characters and some people don't, and it kind of I guess is the same in LARP. I I realized I don't know why I've never put it together before because I've seen this movie before, but I just. I think tonight I put those connections together in my head that how similar LARPing is to D&D. I don't know, maybe yeah. I'll go yeah, LARP like, who knows. Yeah, because like Joe and Gwen, uh, they're both just kind of there for their friends. Uh, Gwen's there for her cousin because his parents won't let him go without uh, an escort, essentially. Right. She's like, what did he say? He said that she's warrior sitting or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> she basically keeps him from, I think, falling too deep into this this character. <laughs> Yeah, make sure he doesn't get himself hurt because he never gets out of character. Yeah. Right. He's, this dude's going to McDonald's ordering his, like, burger. And, yeah, and like, excuse me, I couldn't hear you. And he's, like, uh, slamming his fist on the counter. Uh, uh, sir, this is a McDonald's. You can't have a sword in here. <laughs> sir, why are you cut. pointing that sword at my neck? <laughs> I will cut thy flesh from your bones. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, like... If you're on board with Psycho Gorman, you could probably have some fun with this movie, too. You know, like yeah. it's it's very much in that same vein. And it's like if you like these kind of sophomoric, fun, like violent comedies, this is both of these are par for the course and right up your alley. Yeah. And I would say like Knights of Bad Astom's comedy is more like stoner comedy. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's dumber. But then, like, Psycho Gorman is, like, more childish humor. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Knights of Bad Aston is more, like, stoner comedy with horror elements and, and gore and violence. But it's Psycho, Psycho Gorman is, yeah, like, more yeah. of a juvenile, like, kids kind of humor and, like, kind of a more a more wholesome, I think, type of humor all around. Yeah. Like, honestly, also- me, and, me and Nick said this. If it wasn't gory, that movie could be a family movie. Yeah, it could be PG-13. Yeah, it's not rated because it was picked up by shutter so like, yeah. there's no rating for it but i was ki- i mean it has to be r because of the gore for sure yeah because like, i mean without dude, that literally you know. that, that cop gets melted and like when his he gets melted melts. you see it <laughs> in real time <laughs> like you see his flesh getting burned from his body and stuff. yeah <laughs> pretty graphic but uh yeah and it's interesting too like <laughs> the medieval sci-fi so like one's in the past one's in the future yeah aspect to them uh it's a neat little double feature i think yeah it makes for i honestly think they work as a double feature it makes for fun because we we watch these very close together and yeah i watched them both today so and okay. i still messed up stuff and forgot stuff so i well i watched yeah. knights of bad aston for the second time and uh we did a watch party together and just watched it together and then um psycho gorman i saw like a week or two ago and i actually saw it twice because I, I showed jess too and i think she was more like in your camp with it. It was too much for her, I think. Too weird. Yeah. But I think that's too weird. It's just it's too. As I said, I just like I had silly. nothing to latch onto it. Like there's yeah. no emotional attachment to anything yeah. going on in any of this. Yeah, and she's like she likes the emotional attachment, even in comedies. And so she didn't it didn't yeah. hit her as much. But I love this fucking movie. Like it's one of like, my even, favorites. Even even in Nights of Bad Astema, like I was rooting for them to make it out in. Psycho Gorman, I'm like, I kind of hope everybody dies. <laughs> I hope Psycho Gorman, I'm rooting for Psycho Gorman to get free of that little girl and just Melt implode him. Earth. 
Well, well, because uh, the council had said that he has destroyed planets before, so like he has yeah. the power to destroy planets. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he could he could Goku this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I love Psycho Gorman, and like it's I of all the movies we've covered on the show, this one's among some of the the ones I've been highest on. I think because it's just an Evan ass movie, you know. But yeah, I think this is a, if you're into this kind of stuff, this is a great double feature for you. you know? Uh, I don't think we mentioned this, but Knights of Badassdom is on Prime Video. Yeah, yeah, Knights of Badassdom is on Prime. We didn't say that, I don't think. But uh, wow, we 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 took to the end of the show to say where. It was. Yeah, then maybe this is what we start doing. You know, then like, because what if they what if they weren't here? You know, what if nobody no like they we hadn't said the service yet? So like, fuck, I gotta wait and hear the service it's on. You know? Yeah, we're gonna hold you hostage and not tell you. Yeah, exactly. So we're doing right now, just stalling. You know? We're, yeah, we're just I mean buying your time. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, Psycho Psycho Gorman hits Shutter uh, May twentieth, and Knights of Bad Aston is available on Prime to stream right now. So frick off and go watch these movies. Fuck at you. <laughs> Eat some meat. Imagine if you talk like that. <laughs> Someone should overdub the movie. And, and he talk talks like, like that. that. Oh man, what's wrong with the Archduke Nemesis? <laughs> 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 All right. Uh... I will rip the flesh from your bones. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be better if you were dead. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we sound like Pinocchio? Yeah, now? I don't know. We've really transitioned here. Huh? <laughs>